following is a special White Roof Radio audio presentation, an in-car review of the 2016 new Mini Clubman. All right, Todd and Gabe in the uh, new 2016 Mini Clubman uh, here in Savannah, Georgia on the Mini Press Drive, the first drive of the new Clubman. And I got to drive it this morning uh, for well, about 50, 50, 60 miles this morning. And Gabe is in the car now. Gabe, what are your thoughts on it just so far? Well, hold on there. I just found a corner I was having to concentrate over. That. <laughs> we're, we're in Alonia, Georgia. And as it turns out, for all those who uh, are perhaps considering a move to Alonia, Georgia, or uh, maybe just a visit, uh, don't come for the roads because... <laughs> They are straight, straight as a, use your analogy there. Uh, it is uh, it is not the best place to find out how a car handles. We haven't, except for a couple on-ramps, it's been right. slim pickings. But all that said, uh, I would say that what I have in my hands here and, and under my foot is a car that is uh, the more mature Mini. Uh, it's, it's certainly got the feel of a Mini, but it has, uh, you know, better noise isolation. It's got, you know, a better ride. It's clearly got way more cargo. Uh, it's a, it's an attractive car. Uh, it's actually a really interesting looking car. Um, it's, it's, it's grown up in all the right ways. It, it is, and I would say it's very, um, it's almost sedan-like feeling in the driving. It, I was expecting it to feel a little bit bigger than it feels because, and that's coming from the uh, F56 2014 Cooper. So the same generation of car I'm used to driving. Uh, this is an S, by the way, just so people know. We're driving a, a Clubman S. 190, with 189 horsepower Cooper S. With a manual transmission. Motivating, uh, what, a couple hundred pounds more than my F56 Cooper S. So it's... It, it doesn't feel... It, no way. It feels plenty powerful, I think. Yeah, I think it. I agree. It definitely feels powerful, but it. I think what you feel, the difference you feel, is is really in the steering. It's got the same rack and the same ratio, so it's just as quick to turn in. Um, I would say generally is uh, more lively than the R55 as far as actual steering feel, the previous Clubman. Uh, but it's it's a bigger, heavier car, so there's a level there's a level of like, it doesn't quite have the agility of the previous Clubman. It doesn't quite have, you know, the eagerness of the actual like the mass to change direction but it feels satisfying it, it does and you think about it that the track is a little bit wider on this car the car is of course longer heavier and that's what i think changes the feeling of it uh over say a standard hardtop um i i really liked it i think it's comfortable and i think as gabe said grown up more sophisticated feeling it really does I think the fit and finish is is very similar to an F56. And Gabe, what are your thoughts on that on the interior? Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's a, a step ahead of the F56. I mean, you know, there are a lot of uh, sort of pieces here that have been uh, clearly many took some took some pains to make this car feel elevated, um, and it is from a price point standpoint. It is from a marketplace standpoint. It definitely is, and you know, they they really really sweated the details here. Uh, not that they haven't before, but reading between the lines, Mini was given a little bit more of an investment by BMW to, to really throw out the interior to bring material quality and, and even sort of design detail 
at, to a higher level. Um, one note: the uh, well, let's get into let's get into issues. The, the, it, yeah, I was gonna say we'll do that. We'll have our list of like I think after we drive it a little while, we'll have what we don't like about it so far. Yeah. So let's continue on what we do like about it. This car has the uh, the stitched leather seats. The, the Chesterfield. Chesterfield. The blue leather. If if you've seen pictures of this, I think they're quite comfortable. Um, These are the same seats. The same sports seat. Exact same sports seats that are in the F56. Uh, the only difference here is the is the leather, literally the quality of the leather and the pattern. Um, and so, a couple things on that. Number one, um, this is a hand stitched seat. For it's, what it's worth, as, as, we, as we were told, these aren't made in sweatshops. These yes. are made by these are stitched by people. That was a quote. <laughs> These are made by real people, yeah. I believe. No, yeah, but I, it is. No, it, I mean, th these are made by real people. By, th <laughs> these are made in Europe. Uh, they are hand-stitched. And, uh, you know, the leather comes from a tannery. Uh, I believe these are actually a tannery in Germany. Uh, and so, I mean, there, there's there's a there's a, a real, like, quality story here with, with the leather in this car and these seats. Uh, the Mini Yours leather is the same. Uh, actually, it's a, it's a step above this even. Um, and so there's, you know, I think Mini doesn't do a great job of expressing... Uh, or being transparent sometimes around where things are sourced within these cars, but there's a lot of stories there, and it's actually sourced in a, you know pretty pretty nice nice areas and, and sort of with with a fantastic level of quality to it. And and the level of quality, we were told also that um, this is there's probably not a high take rate on this because it's a sixteen seventeen hundred dollar option. I, I'll have to the look. Chesterfield. Yeah, I'll have to look on the Chesterfield seventeen fifty. So I was right. It's seventeen fifty for this leather package. But, but these are the ones it, over five years, Todd. I mean, come on. <laughs> at point nine percent financing, how can you not get these seats? How can you well, not go for it, it? These are the ones that we're told also that you know, out of a hundred seats ordered, they send fifty back because so that's they're not the quality. Amazing, because somebody and it's not many is getting screwed. Yeah, I mean that's they were told going in that we have such high levels, you know, high standards to this that we're going to order 100 of these and we're going to send 50 back because we're going to choose the best of the best. And I think that speaks to the quality they're really striving for in this car and a new level of quality in minis in general. And those are the stories we just don't hear. That's not in a press release anywhere. No, it's absolutely true. And I think that, you know, we're going to hear a little bit more about the design of the car, but I think there's a lot of stories there that we haven't heard. You know, for instance, uh, the exterior specifically, Anders Warming and his team really, really took it to a, a, a different level. And I think it's not by accident that Mini has chosen the Clubman as the vehicle to start to reposition the brand around. Because if you look at not just the interior, you look at the exterior and you start to notice signs of a maturity of design and a sophistication that Mini hasn't really had. And that's not to knock the cars that have come before it, but Mini's market is shifting slightly and they're emphasizing, you know, the they're making a point to emphasize more of, you know, the craftsman, the design, the luxury of the brand and and the premium the premiumness which is not a word but i'm right. gonna use it anyway of the brand and i mean you know you can you're you may be rolling your eyes and that's fine and that's not an expense to the performance and the feel that we've all come to love so you know i think it's an interesting change of the equation slightly and the clubman really uh, per personifies that and i think a, a criticism that i keep reading over and over again uh in social media and on the web and everything is people who are saying, oh, with the new Clubman and, and the new sophisticated 
kind of uh, direction that Mini is going. They're taking the fun out of the car. I would say absolutely not. This is still a very fun car to drive, and I think you have to look at it in comparison to what else is on the market. And it's about marketing too. So what's happening now is that Mini is is telling a different story about a product that is just as fun. But you know what they're not you know what they're not doing? They're not yelling fun. Is it fun? It's fun. It's fun, right? right it's not right. fun. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Guys, we're having fun. Right. It's not saying that anymore. It's just giving us the same fun product and and talking about how it's made, why it's made, you know, the design, all those all those different aspects of it. And I mean a lot of ways it's a much more mature and frankly much more modern approach. Yeah, I, I think it is. It's not the cheeky, oh, we're cute and, and fun. And I think that's the point is is they're moving away from that because it's a, uh, a perceived public perception of the car. And I think that's really what happened was for so long people perceived the Mini to be, you know, uh, frivolous and, and kind of goofy, if you will. And, and, and you cannot command $44,000 for a car that's goofy. And so when right. we think about a top spec Cooper S Clubman, you're going to be at that mark. I mean, that's obviously money that buys you a lot of different kinds of products. And Which, so you have. In reality, here, I'll stop you there and disagree with you because I think at $38,000, there's not much. Mini is filling a void of. Because I've been looking recently for something in the thirty-six dollars to $40,000 range. There, other than. If, unless you want to buy a truck. Um, something with this kind of utility and uh, a sporting nature and drivability, there's nothing on the market unless well, you're going to use. So here's where I would I would disagree. I mean, I think Subaru has products on the market, which on paper... And I don't wear Birkenstocks, so <laughs> uh, I can't drive a Subaru. Apologies address, to Subaru drivers. Address those letters to Todd <laughs> at whiteroofradio.com. <laughs> Um, I'm not, kidding. I'm kidding game. about this. I'm kidding about this. Uh, no, I'm really not kidding about the Subarus. Well, and you know they all come with a coexist sticker on the back, right? So. Uh, maybe. But regardless, the uh, that's an option actually. Yeah. Um, no, but I mean, I, I think there are other products out there that that can theoretically, uh, you know, the A3 is a, is a good example of that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think there's others out there. I think many does though have an interesting niche with this car but the, the, the point of this product is it's not meant to be a niche product the previous clubman from day one uh was sort of the oddball i mean many even talked about that in the marketing at the launch of the previous clubman this clubman is not an oddball it's designed to appeal to a broad set of folks um while not you know theoretically losing the 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 reason for many which is of course that that feel that we all love and so you know it's it's meant to it's meant to sell across the u.s across the world it's meant to have a level of utility that no many has really had before and it's meant to not like at this point many has to stop producing cars that you have to make excuses for right right and i think that's uh, from what you're saying is that the the clubman itself they're really hoping has more universal appeal than the previous version did absolutely and 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 i think a lot of people will be upset about that and, and that's okay i mean you know it's it is kind of a shame the previous clubman was fantastic that one suicide door was cute etc the reality is for many to be successful and for many and for bmw to attain the levels of of you know sales that they need to basically uh, make this front wheel drive bet pay off for them they have to create a car that is going to appeal to a broad set and and of course they can't sort of sidestep you know mini tradition they can't create a car that doesn't feel like a mini because therefore i mean it would 
would be true to you know the heritage and everything that came before it. So I, you know, I, I think that's their challenge. It's a really tough challenge. What the hell is that? It's a, just a giant smokestack. Yeah, um, <laughs> sorry, we're, we're, there's, there's there's not a lot to see yeah. in this part of the country other than moss hanging from trees. And every time there's something interesting, we're like, wow, what is that? We're in, well, we're in southeast Georgia uh, near the coast, so there's a lot of we'll just call them oddities. But anyway. So yeah, so it's it's interesting. I mean, you know, uh, let the debate commence. Uh, is is was this the right move for many? I, I I would find it hard to argue it wasn't. If you look at the long term viability prospects of the brand, uh, they need a car like this. Um, where where does that leave the rest of the range? Well, you know, we've got the Countryman coming out, which will be even larger and heavier than this vehicle. Um, I think that'll put this car in perspective uh, in a way that it's not Mini's not able to do that right now. Um, and then, of course, you're going to have the hatch uh, and, and the convertible, which are always going to be sort of that smaller, sportier side of Mini. And I think ultimately Mini will come out with something a little, even sportier, uh, perhaps a Roadster of some kind. So it, it, I think I think the, the range is rounding out nicely. All right. So um, I didn't give too much of a take on on uh, what I like about the drivability like? of this car. Like, Todd, I, what I, you like? <laughs> I uh, I do like this. I think I'm going to have to spend a little more time behind the wheel and see. Uh, I can't wait to drive the Cooper version of this. We're hoping to get in one this afternoon. Oh, we should mention this is a manual. This is the six-speed right. manual. We're going to try to grab the eight-speed automatic as well. Right, right, because there's a new eight-speed automatic uh, for the first time in Mini showing up in the new Clubman for 2016, and that is an option that we've got to drive on this trip. So we're hoping to get in that and get a review of the the uh, eight-speed A's and automatic, um, which we hear is fantastic. Uh, but I I like most of the things about this car so far. I I would say I, I can't find too much that I that I don't like about it. It it seems like it's got the utility that I'm looking for. Uh, it still feels like a mini. It it feels very much like the F56. I don't think it feels as big as Gabe uh, thinks it feels. Oh, I didn't even talk about that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I think that's. I get. I got in it and I thought, man, this feels a lot. If I just close my eyes, it, it feels a lot. It handles a lot. I think like the F56. Now I'm used to driving a Cooper, which is with a little less horsepower. Um, Gabe's been driving the Cooper S, so in comparison, you think it feels bigger. You, yeah, you like, I think if you're if you're coming from an F56 uh, Cooper S and you get in a Cooper S Club, and I think you'll immediately recognize the difference in just mass and uh, how the car feels. But it's not, it's not slow. Uh, you know, it's got plenty of grip in the corner. So, you know, it's not like the handling is dramatically different. I'd say, much like the last Clubman, I mean, we're talking about uh, an increase this time probably of, of like, you know, a 25% increase in cargo capacity with about a 10 12% performance hit. Yeah, yeah. So I, my overall impression, first of all, this the simplistic version is I like it. I like it a lot. Um, there's... Uh, there's not much to dislike about it. The extra width in here, like, I don't know, Gabe, yeah. if you're used to driving with somebody in the F56, but we're not bumping elbows like you like you did oh, back you in mean, the R56 yeah. days. Oh, yeah. I mean, with... And we're pretty big. I mean, you're, I'm, I'm 6'2". I've got long arms and... Yeah, yeah. yeah. No and issues. I'm I'm uh, uh, probably slightly wider than the average person, so I was used to, in an R56, knocking elbows with somebody if you're two people in the front seat. This car, there's a good six inches between Gabe and I um, in the front seat and there's no that no risk of, of knocking elbows which I think makes the car feel bigger on the inside if you're the only one in it um, you're, you're not gonna get that sensation per se but I believe there's either three or three or six inches more in width on the interior of this yeah. than say an R56 so I do like the comfort 
inside the car. Big. That's a big uh, point to be made too. I mean, this is a car. This is wider than a Countryman. Right. Uh, back seat is a true three seater versus the Countryman, which is like a little kind of a three seater. Um, so this is different. But here's a, here's the question I have to ask you, Todd. And I, I mean, and, and myself, does this feel like a Mini? Um, I think it does, and I think much like the F56, you have to push this car. Like driving straight in a line like we're doing right now at 55, 65 miles an hour, it's it's comfortable. No, it just feels like any you know most other cars. It's there's a comfort level, but when you start to push it, which we haven't really had a lot of opportunity to do yet, because we've been driving a lot of straight roads today. But so I think it feels like a mini when you start pushing it, and, and you're like, okay, I feel sporting now. So the 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 R50 R53 generation would feel frenetic in a straight line, you know, and, right. and people dug that, you know. But the reality is, if that was your only car. And you lived in the United States, where there are a lot of straight roads. It, that became very tiresome, very boring. And, and I'm experiencing that now with the GP right, and an everyday driver. And so, and so, I mean, I, th- I think a lot of folks truly got tired of, of that generation of many as they're driving. And a lot of folks haven't, and that's fantastic, and I love that car. Um, but, but, you know, what Mini has done and what a lot of automakers have done is basically, you know, create, create cars that, are just, you know, in a straight line are just simply comfortable you know, as far as steering input, uh, throttle input, everything is just, you know, everything feels very comfortable. It's got good on-center feel in the steering. You can drive this thing forever. But as you hit corners, it comes alive. Like, that's, yeah. the, that's the idea. And I think, you know, you've driven it around some corners. I've driven it around one. <laughs> no, that's not true. I've driven around a couple. But, you know, th- th- this car certainly does have some of that quality. Yeah, it, it does. And I think if you're used to driving the F56, a 14 or a 15 or even a 16 now, um, you'll it'll feel very similar to that. Um, I do think going up from an older generation Mini, uh, either uh, an R53, like a 2002 to 2006, or you know the next generation, it's a bigger step in driver disconnection, if you will. And that's yeah, been the. I, I would disagree. I think the R55, the you know the second generation Mini. I think the steering in that car was more disconnected, using air quotes, than, than the F50. I think so you're right, and I do think that that's a con- there's a consensus out there that this car brings a little bit of that yeah. back. And I mean, and it, yeah, I think I think with you know people who've driven it, uh, auto riders, with you know a lot of folks would agree. I mean, and, and also uh, quantifiably, it's true because many literally dialed more of it in. They spent a lot of time trying to do that, um, and so I actually think there's a little bit more of that driver engagement. But there's also more isolation in a lot of other areas, you know, and suspension, sound, a lot of things that, you know, again, a modern, a consumer and, a, you know, looking at cars, modern cars kind of expects. Yeah. Well, and I, I think it's tough for a lot of people who are going to compare this. They're just going to compare it to other minis. And I know for our listeners, that's what a lot of them are doing. And but I know Gabe and I drive a lot of other cars. And I think you really have to put it in perspective of what's on the market today and how this kind of compares to other cars in addition to how it compares to older minis. So uh, I I like it very much. Um, So we're going to take a little break here while we navigate and uh, come back and talk about the few little annoying things about this car. What what disappoints us. Yes. (laughs) All right. We'll be back with that. Gabe and Todd back uh, in a Clubman. We have now switched Clubman, and we are in an automatic version of a Cooper S Clubman, right? Uh, no, Todd. This is the Sport Automatic. Bite your tongue. The Sport Automatic 8-speed. 
street speeds of glory. <laughs> I, I sense sarcasm, maybe little. No, 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 no. I mean, I listen. We we have been uh, we have we have been fed, and we've been we've been lullabied on these wonderful straight roads that Georgia <laughs> has to offer. And I gotta be honest with you, I'm ready for a nap. And so, as I told Todd a second ago, I'm gonna close my eyes for just a minute. And uh, Todd, you'll let me know if anything comes up, right? And, and Gabe is driving now, by the way. So that's... These cars drive themselves these days. They do, they do. Although this does not have the driver assist package, which uh, we've talked about is one of the options on the new Clubman. But Well, yeah, and I think this is it's interesting because they, they've, they've optioned uh, these cars well. Um, but it's not to say that they're all loaded. In fact, this is the most loaded of all of them, and I think it's $38,000. Um, what it's missing... Uh, is things such as heads-up display. Um, do not have heads-up display. We do not have um, uh, the uh, the driver features, the uh, sort of the automated features that Todd just mentioned as well. The driver assist. Driver part. assist, excuse me. And then uh, we don't have the uh, wonderful Mini Yours dash uh, with its glorious disco lights. But you do uh, have this lovely steering wheel, the, have, the yeah. Napa leather hand-stitched hand stitched by real by real hands not in a sweatshop not in a sweatshop so it's it's great and i mean one of the things i've i've talked about on modern file in reviews over the years people has always been uh not cover yourself in alcantara i've also said that but uh has actually been whatever touch point you are continuously in contact with make it the best quality leather you can afford or best quality whatever and i think you know with this option you know many definitely got it right because in my hands, this wheel feels buttery, buttery soft. Um, what that butter will turn to after four or five years of use, um, I'm not sure. But I mean, I, they typically Napa leather and BMWs typically ages pretty well. There's certainly a patina, but uh, it, it still feels pretty glorious after a few years. It's it's not like a lot of other companies' cars that have leather that after a couple of years the top layer of it wears off and there's like vinyl underneath and it. You see, yeah, and it's actually true. I mean. Uh, when you when you get leather seats in your Ford Taurus, for instance, which I tend to always get as rentals, um, that leather is a very thin veneer over uh, a right. synthetic uh, material that you know is is petroleum based. Right, right. So the fit and finish of this car, once again, we can't speak enough about it. It's uh, it's pretty great, and so far, uh, I think you're digging the uh, eight speed auto transmission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a couple. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, it's it's it definitely is a balanced uh, approach by many uh, this is not you know a neck snapping uh, affair I mean you know even in sport um, in manual it's it's really pretty smooth so I mean they've tried to create a, a really a, just a solid choice for folks who want both a sporty drive as well as uh, a smooth drive a couple pro tips um, because I do want to start to talk about what the, these options and what I see around me a couple pro tips here uh, chrome line interior has, uh, for for many years, I would say, been a kind of a pretty expensive option for what you got. Uh, wasn't a lot there. With the Clubman, there's a little bit more, and specifically, you get these chrome surrounds on the uh, on the vents. It looks really nice. It, it actually doesn't look cheap at all. Like I think some of the previous chrome did this is uh i'm not a huge fan of the chrome but i like it it does give it kind of a we use the word premium way too much on this in fact uh they were saying in our presentation at lunchtime 
that <laughs> I don't what did he say in the last nine years he hasn't seen a press release from any car company about anything that didn't have the word premium in it so I think he basically was saying the word premium is, is kind of being overused in the auto industry in general, yet it's something we keep hearing in relationship to the new Clubman. Well, and I, and I think, you know, many was very specific when they said, you know, everybody does premium, basically. This is our take on premium. Right, right. So, so and, I, yeah. I also like the fact that um, we heard... Uh, Chris, um, oh my, I lost for his name. He's, he's the exterior designer of the new Clubman here, and um, I think he said in the in the new in the design language they use uh, in Munich, they use characters for it, and the character, the character for the Clubman is the gentleman. The gentleman, and I think that um, I can't say enough good things about that character. That's a great name. Yeah. But I get it. Like the gentleman is somebody who you know, has needs that, like, you know, require cargo space from time to time. You know, he probably, and I'm just guessing here, but it's, he's, he likes things that are a little bit nicer. Uh, he may spend a couple hundred dollars on a pair of boots because he wants to, you know, he wants them to last. He, you know, he goes out of his way to buy artisanal coffee or whatever. And so I think that's actually kind of cool that they, that they've personified that. Yeah, and I think that does go along with the with the rebranding uh, a little bit. And we're going to hear more on that tonight, I believe. So let's go on. I, I, we left people hanging, and uh, we're going to talk about the things we, we don't like so much about the Clubman. What's at the top of your list? Well, I mean, I, I would say um, kind of along those lines of the pro tip I said earlier, uh, the, 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 the trim, you really need to option out uh, the trim carefully. Not to say that it, it, there's anything bad on this car, but when you option the, the, the gloss trim, make sure that you get the, uh, the trim down here by the shifter. Without it, you're left with this really stark and cheap looking piece of plastic, sort of a slat on either side of the shifter that is, uh, is kind of, the, I'd say, the cheapest part of this entire car, uh, by far, really. Yeah. Uh, another little, gra- I mean, these, that, and that's a, that, that's a legitimate uh, sort of issue because it's so cheap. Um, it, it's out of place. But a, a small one is, is the fact that the uh, the sport toggle, the sport to ring. green ring, um, has a lip around it now, and so it's it, well it's, in the console, in the center console. Not that it's hard to do; it's just it's much it's much harder than the in the F56. So it's kind of an odd little uh, uh, little area you have to kind of slide slide your finger in and, and switch it. But the uh, the console in the center of this is something that's new and unique to many in general, with the, with the exception of maybe the Countryman was a little bit like this. But there's no e-brake. There's no uh, parking brake handle anymore. It's now electronic. Well, yeah, it's an, it, is a, it is an e-brake. And I think also there's a stationary console, just full stop. You know, right. no Mini has ever had that before. And I think that's something that a lot of folks will probably... Some folks, some pure, you know, sort of folks who like purity in their driving will look at it and say, yeah, you know, why do I need to rest my arm? I'm driving. Um, it's not, it doesn't really get in your way. I mean, I'm, I've got long arms and it's, it's totally fine. So I think Minnie's placed it pretty well here. I think it's good, but I do think that as far as the uh, armrest goes in the center, you either love it or you hate it. And I've grown to love it. Yeah, I mean, I've grown to just move it out of my way in that F56. <laughs> well, know. in this car, you can't. You it's can. there. It's and permanent. I guess that's my point, is that yeah. even without being able to move it out of, out of your way, it's not really in my way. So I think they've done a pretty good job of uh, defining exactly where, where it should be. Yeah. You know, the one thing we haven't done, we're going to do at the next stop here, is I haven't gotten in and out of the back seat of this yet. Have you? I have. I have previously. And it, it, it works well. I mean, it, they have done a really good job. I mean, uh, you could fit four... 
adults in this car and uh, go on a trip somewhere. Right. Going to double up here. We just passed two very slow moving trucks. There's not any other cars on the road, and it was a, you know, we were perfectly safe doing that. Yeah, we were at all times under uh, a speed under, limit. Under, under some, some speed limit somewhere. Yes, exactly. Since there's no posted signs, then I will assume we're within the law. Well, we were passing safely. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, what do I not like about this car? Oh, well, I'll, I'll say, I mean, when I said feel that just a second ago, um, I'm in sport. Uh, I was going from fifth to sixth, and it was a... It was a little bit of a jolt. I guess I shouldn't say I don't like that, but it was, I was surprised because um, earlier when I was really on it, I didn't have that jolt uh, that within the snack, shift, yeah. and I kind of wanted it. And so it was, an, it was interesting that I felt it there. Um, the one thing that, that I will say about this 8-speed, it, uh, it does not quite have um, the performance of the ZF 8-speed uh, in the BMWs, in the, in the rear-wheel drive BMWs. Uh, it doesn't rev match as as fluidly I would say um, that may be down to the engine itself uh, this is an engine that is much more slow to rev than some of those engines but uh, it doesn't quite feel as uh, as honed okay so now in comparison to the other uh, automatic transmissions you've driven in minis would you call this the best one yet by far by a wide margin uh, the new six speed the gen 3 six speed which is in the F 56 uh, f55 and also in this car in the Cooper is really good um, but this is better I mean hands down no question it's it's more efficient it's faster and believe it or not it's slightly smaller um I think and uh, you're driving now uh, take a look in the rear view I think my, my first criticism was that it's still kind of limited out the back it's not as bad as say a paceman which is very small and a postage stamp sized viewing area, you know, at your rear view mirror. But um, that's that's one of my complaints. And like I say, it's as minor as Gabe's complaint about the plastic around the uh, uh, around the console there. Just past uh, Christmas trees. Uh, oh, and yeah. smoked ribs. And smoked ribs. And lots of mossy trees. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a little bit of a I wouldn't call it a winter wonderland. What what is this? It's, Frightening. Yeah, it, it, it can be a little frightening. <laughs> but um, I, I can't think of right now so far any other things it, that I yeah, don't like about this really, car. I do like it a lot. It's a pleasant car. I mean, you, you really can't go wrong with it. it. It's a. It is exactly what you wanted it to be. I would say, if you look at it on paper, um, you know, you want it to be able to obviously accommodate four, which it does, and have a decent cargo space. But you also wanted to drive like a mini, and and. You know, I think more or less it does. It absolutely is not at the level of an F56. It weighs more. It's just larger. Um, uh, but it's it's comfortable. You know, it's comfortable and it's fun. And I think if you need the utility of a car like this, I like it much more than I like the uh, the four-door Mini. That, I just passed a Chevrolet, uh, first-generation Chevrolet Cavalier station wagon. <laughs> first-generation. That that's a, that's like an 82, which uh, those are now dust. <laughs> And then where I'm from, yeah. <laughs> where there is salt on the roads. Anyway, yeah, uh, yeah no, I agree. This is, you know, the, if you're looking for a car with this much utility, you you know what the drawbacks are. And I mean, right. and you understand that. So, and there's, you know, you're not going to find agility uh, in this segment like you would, uh, you know, out of an F, F56. Now, that said, like, this does go head-to-head against a five-door Golf. And so the question is, what is... What is that like? Is this as good as a modern five-door Golf? 
having driven them, uh, GTI and Golf, um, I, I, I will say it's a tough matchup. That's a really good car. Um, you know, back to back, I, I, you know, I'd have to drive them to, to know, but I, I would say the Mini, from just my memory, holds its own. Well, I think the Mini is, is still even feels a little bit more premium than the Golf does. Um, I've driven one of those fairly recently also. And while I liked it and it was perfectly adequate, I think that the, uh, the fit and finish on the Mini is a little bit nicer and probably worth the slightly little bit extra money, although it's not going to be that much more um, for what it is. Now, here is one that a lot of people have, have brought up, something that they're actually cross-shopping with the Clubman, and that is the new BMW X1. And Gabe, you just reviewed that on Motoring File. I don't think it's a fair comparison necessarily, with the exception of it's within a few thousand dollars. A, a very well-specced Clubman S is within a few thousand dollars maybe a few hundred dollars of a modestly equipped x1 well and it's it's got a lot more power it's got the jcw engine so it has 228 horsepower which is you know roughly 30 what 30 horse 40 horsepower up on this um that said it's also a few hundred pounds more it's got a much higher center of gravity it's got all-wheel drive it's got all-wheel drive um it is standard in the united states by the way yeah. um but it's got you know it, it's it's a completely different kind of um, it's shape. Not a, yeah, it's not the same class. Uh, it's I would not call it attractive. Uh, it's it's you know it's a it's a very different type of car. It will be much more similar to the Countryman. It'll be larger than the Countryman, but not a whole lot. Um, but I mean, I think the key thing is it's got the same transmission. It's got you know a variation of this of this engine. And the interesting thing about it is they are very different characters, uh, both those cars. And so, you know, BMW and Mini have done a pretty good job, in, in my view at least, driving those two back-to-back in -back, um, really separating the brands and the products without a lot of differences when it comes to drivetrain. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting, and I, I don't know, like I said, other than price, that it's a uh, completely fair comparison or one that a lot of people are going to make. But I know we've heard from more than a few readers and listeners of the show uh, that that is something that they cross shop when it's time to move up to the next level of, you know, premium and something that's a little more utilitarian that if they don't like the clubman or the, I mean, idea of the countryman, excuse me, if they don't like the countryman idea, uh, they start cross shopping the X1. So. Yeah. And this is a nice uh, variation of that. I mean, as somebody who's owned multiple wagons and I think that is the ultimate utility vehicle, right. this is my choice personally hands down over whatever they come out with within the countryman range because it's simply lower to the ground i mean i don't want to be up high i'd rather have my my weight down low i'd rather i'd rather have better performance with similar utility and i think uh as far as this car goes we were just talking with uh with justin who's in product development at mini usa and um the idea of lowering this car is very appealing to some of us just from a, a purely aesthetic quality from the outside and we've seen a couple in Japan where they've done that already, and it's a fantastic-looking clubman that is that is lowered a little bit, and it's got kind of a mean and sporty stance. Well, it's it's always it's always nice to to hear you know folks at many who are really aware of what's going on in the aftermarket and actually really like it. They'd love to do stuff like that. The problem with uh, lowering cars 
if you're an automaker, is it actually affects uh, it actually affects your crash worthiness right. from a uh, NHTSA standpoint. So basically, if you're if you're lower, if they were to lower the car, let's say a full inch, it would impact the side impact standards that many has and, and, and right. you know many has sort of been certified for. Uh, so they can't do it, uh, which is a shame. So that's why if you if you wonder why, man, that thing's got wheel gap, it sits up a little bit higher. What's going on? Well, many is trying or attempting to get as high of a score as possible on the side impact standards, which ultimately, of course, you know, affects owners and, and creates, uh, you know, just obviously creates a more safe vehicle. Right, right. Well, um, that's our, our quick roundup. Uh, we're about to change drivers here. I'm going to get a chance to drive this and hopefully get some seat time in a manual Cooper this afternoon. So this is the auto. I'm going to see if I can burn out the clutch before you get into it, Todd. I don't know <laughs> if I can do that or not, but... It's funny because you know they ask the question. It's like, oh, this is an automatic. I'm like, oh, I don't know how to drive an automatic. Yeah, yeah, so. that's that. We'll have to we'll have to do a full episode of Black Roof Radio uh, <laughs> later when we talk about some things that we've seen today amongst the automotive, uh, you know, automotive writing writing community. Yes. yes.